Well, well to my mind, to my mind, my entire conclusive opinion on COVID 2019 and what has transpired this year was that it was the cheapest way to campaign from your armchair. Um, <laughs> Very good point there, by the way. Yeah, you know, you because one. like small issues became huge issues in mainstream media, and they were basically using mainstream media like their chief and staff, um, chief of staff, um, and the media has been basically doing the campaigning for whoever will listen, while they were like tweeting from home. You know, uh, I believe in this. I believe in that, and that's worldwide. I mean, I'm not just talking about the U.S. It's it's happened in the U.K. Um, between the Tories and the Libs and you know, Labour and um, and it's been happening here. So yeah, it's I mean, been the cheapest campaign year, I think, for, for any politician. <laughs> mm. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it started with the Obama administration utilising social media. And then, I mean, between Hillary and Trump, it, it escalated. And, and then the allegations of international interference it all. So, yeah, <laughs> you can do with that information whatever you want yeah. to, but... It actually kind of makes sense. Look, so, so Jillian, yes. I was going to say that one of the other thing that one of my my, my colleagues, did the same when I was talking about earlier, said to me today that he said that um, when work officially becomes part of the English dictionary, I think it's going to be tantamount to fascism, and that was for me quite an interesting remark because this this wokeness has has got so many similarities to to fascism um, as it did um, during the Second World War. So, you know, I think at the end of the day, we kind of created war with ourselves because we were bored. Maybe we needed to take a step back and catch a wake up. The problem is, is that civilians have been worst affected by it. Yeah, the polarization is greater than ever. Yeah. And it's, I think it would be interesting to see how this thing plays itself out. Because the irony is the Antifa movement and BLM movement claim to be anti-fascist, but everything in their behavior speaks to seems to contradict that because they actually go out and shout people and ask for consent for them to obey or join and if they don't join them they are either beaten up or they are rebuked or screamed at so i think most of the time i think don't also want to take into account it seems like most of these people are mentally ill completely mentally ill so whatever powers at play like let's call it the social media polarization i mean you live in america that already puts you kind of worldwide into one of the better income brackets ever. I always find it funny and ironic when people in America cry wolf on equality and that things aren't even and that they aren't earning a decent income. And, and, and But when you look at the incomes, it's not the case. Like it's, it's very interesting when they cry victim a lot of the times and you actually look at the statistics and facts and you compare that worldwide and it's like, no guys, you are actually doing quite okay. And, the oppression that you look for everywhere actually doesn't exist. I mean, you live in a decent house. You've got you've got a lot of money, and and, and I love that the fact you mentioned the woke. The woke types are always college educated middle class people from the humanities. Like Jesus, you have no oppression in your life. You you basically woke up with a silver spoon since you were born. Um, and you just had the best of everything, and now you're fighting for the oppressed. And then, it's, it's ridiculous. And, uh, you know. I remember being in high school and um, the day that it dawned on me what the difference is between empathy and sympathy. And the problem with the the, the woke is coming from exceptionally, in most cases, um, privileged backgrounds, try and empathize with those that are 
um, oppressed. And, and, and it is a fact that certain um, groups are. Um, and they, they sit there and they try and be so politically correct, but, but in doing that, they disregard um, the difficulties that certain groups actually suffer because they cannot relate, they cannot empathize. It's, it's one thing to sympathize, but they take it so far that they, they kind of insult the people that are battling um, because they cannot relate. They've got no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, I love I love the the white white Black Lives Matter marches or yeah that 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 get, that's the best for me and the best thing as well which is actually quite hilarious and ironic is anti racism where you fight hate with more hate so you go to white your white person you go to other white people and you tell them how shit they are for being born white as if they had a choice or say in the matter. And that's anti-racism, and that's supposed to solve problems. That's that's one of the best ones. And you just call out you, you, everyone's privilege as well while you're at it. So, yeah, the woke the woke is a movement is is all types of and all kinds of strange for me. They're, they're so uh, busy. They're, they're so uh, busy screaming how PC they are that they actually, um, as I said, they just insult the people that they think they're trying to 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 connect with. You're correct, Rick, and they actually. If anything, they are the embodiment of fascism at the uh, at the end of the day, and they don't see it, and that's the biggest irony of it all. Yeah. So on that bombshell, I think we'll leave that there for yeah. now. Jillian, today on um, <laughs> today on Twitter, I asked for people to uh, submit any questions that they might have. Yes. Uh, if you're ready for this round, let's let's go through those. Um, we have a good old Germ, um, your 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 first debut. I think you had two shows there. Everyone go check them out. They're quite good if you want some more background. My favorite and, and Germ, empirically... I love Germ's work. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Germ, Germ is legit. And, and Germ has been outspoken against COVID from the gate. He's a conspiracy um, theorist. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm being suspicious. Apparently. We're, we're, we're going to get 411 if we keep this up, but you're right. No, apparently no. being into, was actually on the If button. you're intellectual these days, then you're a conspiracy theorist. Yes, you use critical thinking yeah, skills. You're, yeah. a, you're a conspiracy theorist. No. So Germ said, Jill, uh, should women be prohibited from being a judge once a month? Um, my response <laughs> to that is most judges, irrespective of gender, um, are, are grumpy all month long. <laughs> <laughs> so that time of the month won't affect their judgment no. because they're permanently And, and then, of, and then okay. we've got some, <laughs> some judges who have a sunny disposition all the time. Okay, well, that's good to know. I feel better now. If I have to go to court one day, I I, I won't be picky about the dates uh, of my lady judge. <laughs> no, there's no need for that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next one is from Dr. Dionne Harley. Um, her comment is, is that it's clear that lockdown measures are unconstitutional. Why did it take so long for the legal system to make this apparent? And why wasn't the immediate consequence a complete lifting of all lockdown measures? I know this question goes beyond the legal system. I think we can does, refer to it really uh, Reino and the No, but does it go beyond the legal yeah. system? It's like I mentioned earlier to you. People expect lawyers to stand up for their rights, and you think that our constitutional rights are paramount. Unfortunately, these things cost an inordinate amount of money. Private individuals who have chosen to stand up to governments, as well as some of my colleagues who got severe backlash um, for trying to do so in their personal capacities and not in their capacities as advocates, 
um, they they were shunned by colleagues. They were severely crit- criticised, um, told that there were death threats levelled against them. And bearing in mind, it costs an enormous amount of money to litigate against a state entity who has open pockets, um, and very deep pockets. So, you know, that litigation, when there's appeal after appeal, and then there's the Section 18.3 and an 18.4, I'm not even going to get into the nitty-gritty of it, but to litigate against the state is exceptionally expensive. Um, and I think a lot of people, having thought that they had good, well, having good intentions at the beginning, simply ran out of money. I, I cannot explain, um, as an advocate, why FITA and BATS are backed off. Those decisions, from a legal precedent perspective, um, would have been important for us going forward for this to never happen again, so that irrationality um, was disregarded in, in simply declaring either a, a state of emergency or martial law or a disaster management act implementation. For me, I wanted to see good come of it. Um, we were told that there would be additional judgments, and uh, I don't know, it's like the secret police. I, I can't find their documents. Um, I did speak to um, a colleague of mine who's representing um, an entity um is it my dear South Africa today? Yes. yes. Um, and they're doing good work. And I, I see that they have written to government um, and we wait to see how they take this forward. I'm hoping that there is some clarity going forward where a government can't just sidestep and or trample on, on civil liberties going forward, um, where it exceeds the limitation of rights clause in the constitution. So it's not just a legal issue. It's a financial one about litigating against the state, uh, the costs of litigation, which seriously need consideration in this country, um, considering the um, financial capabilities of people who, who, who have good cases and just cannot afford legal services, um, and the delay in justice because of our justice system. Uh, and I'm not criticizing our, ju- our judges. Please do not get me wrong. We have exceptionally competent um, uh, members on our judiciary. It's the process itself and the backlog which has obviously been exacerbated by COVID and the lockdown, um, which makes it more and more expensive for people to access justice and uh, causes uh, extreme delays. Um, So, yeah, I don't know if I answered that question. No, I think you did. I think you did. That was quite a, quite a, quite a good uh, multi, multi multifaceted answer. Thank you, Gillian. And then I think the next one on, on that is as far as I can tell. So this is still in the same question. Uh, from Irma Kruse, as far as I can tell in legal challenge, uh, no legal challenge was the limitations test applied. And that worries me, but I may be wrong. So any info, welcome. Um, on the limitations, I feel that the matter that was heard before, one of my favorite judges, um, Norman Davis in the Pretoria High Court, um, uh, he he did deal with it. Um, he was severely criticised by certain um, legal analysts for perhaps not going into more detail, but bearing in mind that it, it was dealt with as a matter of, of urgency, um, he can't be faulted for that. But he he was quite clear that um, you know the limitations had been exceeded for the purpose that they were intended for, and I wish that that narrative had continued. And um, I did read that, um, you'll recall that he gave only a limited right of appeal to the state on certain of the the regulations. Um, And 
um, I, I read somewhere that there would be a judgment um, on the 26th of October. If it exists, I can't find it. Um, I have been running a, a, a trial all week, so forgive me for uh, perhaps not having the time um, to sufficiently have located it, but I can't find it. Um, so our judges are aware of it. I'm just not sure the lawyers were arguing the right points. Yeah, yeah. So, so that's the one with, with Rhino and the Liberty Fighters Network or versus the state? Or what, what was that case again, Dillian? Um, yes, I think it was indeed. Sorry, it's just hailing here. Give me a second. <laughs> no worries. Who fight that hell woman? Okay, well, um, Jillian is, has gone uh, to fight the hellstorm in Joburg. It's it's a Joburg thing. It happens quite often with these <laughs> uh, random thunderstorms. And you are back. And, and it's, and it's, it's gone. Explain. It's gone as as quickly as it started. But it is pissing with rain here now. Sorry. Um. So you know, there's, there's <laughs> been so many matters. But yes, I do think that that is Rainer De Beers' matter. Um. But there's the other one that was argued by Advocate Richards in the Western Cape. Um, on the validity of the regulations with the NCCC. And I, I don't know what's happened to that. That seems to have stagnated as well. I think also because we, we went, the litigation was so hectic at the beginning, I think people also lost a lot of um, muster because now we're in level one and we just have to wear our masks, but we get our, our wine supplies and our cigarettes. So, you know, who cares? Oh, that's unfortunate. It, it's You're very right. unfortunate from a legal precedent perspective, um, and I would have I would have hoped that somebody with a financial um, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for for the financial ability had just seen one of those cases out, and we're hoping that this uh, my dear South Africa will will be that. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. Too. Because you I'm cannot tell me you cannot tell me that um, banning rotisserie chickens. Um, was a justifiable limitation in terms of the Constitution um, having regard to the regulations issued. So so in your mind, it's more of a resource restraint than anything else, that, that there's not an appetite to take the state. That, that, that's how it. I interpret it, yes. Uh, but as I said yeah, to you earlier, yeah, I'm, so. I'm, I'm no constitutional uh, rights lawyer. Um, it was one class I hated at varsity. Uh, <laughs> um, but, but but I do believe in our rights, and I, I do think that they were um, that the, the, the implementation of the regulations far exceeded the purpose uh, for which they ought to have been in, uh, implemented. Yes, yes. Um, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And I think the next question leads on nicely before we go on from DNA's thread is: Can they extend it again before mid-November? State of disaster. That is, that's from Alan. Johnson. Well, as I interpret the act, and as I spoke to counsel today, acting for my dear South Africa, um, each um, extension should be a separate act, and each ex it shouldn't be a continued extension. It should be a separate declaration each time, and it should be justified. Um, however, it has turned into a situation where they just simply extend it, and we don't really get any re reasoning for why. Um, I think we were told last week that we would be addressed, but we weren't really given any reasons. Um, I see in the media today that um, they're going to be extending it again, um, but they're waiting for the report from the NCCC, CCCCC, 
Um, and I don't know what that report is going to be. Is it that we must go into level five because the UK is doing a level five and we should be copycats? Or is it because um, we've had 56 deaths reported? Um, some of the, those may have been from June. We don't know. We don't give, we're not fed any information that makes us understand the rationale of the decision. And I think as citizens, we'd all be far happier if we were communicated with on a more regular basis, almost like Nicola Sturgeon does in Scotland, um, where the citizens there, and a lot of my family live there, they're quite happy, you know, when they hear of why they're doing things um, to carry on in a lockdown because they're explained to on a daily basis almost. We, we just don't ever get spoken to. Yeah, there's a lot of statistics and stuff that we never see. We just hear, like, and you get the odd, like, Okay, cool. So many people died, but there's conflicting information. And, and this is being purposefully withheld from the, the state to the citizens. And, and why is that not, if, if that can be challenged, then surely, how long can they keep up the charade? This seems like a hell of a power. Considering grab. the numbers um, of active cases every day and the ratios um, and the fact that we're not told per day how many people are dying, remember that they, when, we say, when they tell us it's 46, are recorded. Where, where do those numbers come from? Are these backlogs at home affairs in issuing of death certificates? Um, how many people are dying per day? That to me would be critical evidence to justify a limitation of rights. But be that as it may, we cannot carry on like this in perpetuity. And, and at some point, um, uh, uh, something has to, to come to, to, to fruition um, in returning to a new sense of normal. What are we relying yeah, on? We, we don't know what we're relying on. And that's why it's it's critical that government um, communicate with citizens. Com com communication is key in, in all spheres of, of humanity. Yes. So. No, for sure. So so next comment is from JC McFarlane. I think he's also a lawyer, if I'm not mistaken. He's a, and, he, and he is a bit of a journalist as well. Um, he's, a, he's a qualified uh, attorney, yes. Yes, and he, he tunes that no comments in case I incriminate myself. <laughs> I think he's well aware of the fact that if we say anything, we, we, we are likely to get into trouble. Yes, yes, and I just stated below his comment, can you please protect, can, can you please protect me from yourself? Um, which is a reference to the one lady at SARS. Yes. Was, I don't know if you remember. Who can forget? Who can forget? No one can. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Siv um, asked, uh, asked a question, so I'm just going to skip to his second one. Well, then let me pivot slightly. My question would be, um, are the issues we face in this country legally and politically because of the Constitution or in spite of? It's a case that these things are connected or because it's being ignored? as most would say. Okay, so kind of South Africa has some of the most advanced legislation in the world. It is beautifully crafted. Um, we have a lot of redundant case law. Um, remind me to return to that. I'll give you an example. Um, but we have the most beautifully crafted post-constitutional legislation. And um, I think that it is disregarded. Your... Uh, PFMA, uh, Public Finances Management Act, being one in, in point. Um, when we look at the um, level of, of money that has been misappropriated, um, as we are told uh, by government during this, this lockdown, um, 
our constitution is is a work of art. Uh, it really is. Um, and then we found ourselves in the situation where we're in. Our criminal procedure law uh, and the Act is excellent. It's the implementation of our legislation that is lacking. Um, and I think that it's a complete disregard uh, for the Constitution and all of the other legislation that we have in place that has led us to the situation we, which we are in. Um, then to give you an example, as I mentioned earlier, as to um, legislation that has, has fallen by the wayside. There was this one act that um, Herman Mashaba was um, drawn to in the refusal to register Action SA as being too similar to another party. Um, and they also declined the registration based on, a, I think it was a 1962 case, uh, an act called the Heraldry Act, where you're not allowed to use the um, South African emblem or flag without specific request. Now, can you imagine if we still used a 1962 act during the World Cup 2010, how many infringements of that act there would have been? I mean, there was regalia left, right, and center. <laughs> so, you know, we, we utilize legislation in this country to suit our own purposes instead of for the intention with uh, which it was, was drafted. So, no, I don't think it was as a result of the Constitution that we've result, uh, ended up in the position that we're in. Um, it's more a result of it being disregarded or abused. Okay. Well, that, yeah, yeah, a lot of abuse uh, going on here. And I always love to say that, just remember Zimbabwe, Venezuela, and maybe, I don't, I'm not sure about North Korea, <laughs> all of them had, once had constitutions. And the big difference is that Zimbabwe, um, they ended up in a, they didn't enforce uh, property rights. And they had land invasions and they drove all the farmers out. And then they had a food crisis. Sounds kind of very similar to what's happening in some other place that I know. Um, I wonder where that and, might and be. Where, where... <laughs> I wonder, hey? And then <laughs> Venezuela. You know, you mentioned I... that, but at the same time, evictions were um, prohibited during lockdown. And yet you saw municipalities oh, and yeah. urgent courts all the time for trying to do exactly that. So, you know, again, it's, it's, it's amazing how, um, you know, authority um, trumps law or regulation. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, it, it is incredible. And, and then when people don't understand the most important thing of all is Venezuela also went through the courts, expropriation without con uh, compensation. Damn it, that sounds like another place that we know. It's, yeah. it's on the tip of my tongue. I wonder where this could be. Um, no, sure. it's, a tragic, it's a tragic situation in Venezuela, yeah. absolutely. And, and, how, yeah. how, and, how, and remember, they went through the courts. That, that's the irony here. Um, when, when we went to the Bar Council Conference, um, me and a few colleagues from South Africa in 2016, it was held in Edinburgh, and we had colleagues from Hong Kong, and they were discussing like the collapse of the rule of law um, there. And I saw that the very individuals who spoke um, with great aplomb and um, very passionate about what they did for a living as, as, as advocates in that um, region, um, in fact, were arrested during the last few months. Um, I've yet to follow up on what happened to them, but... Um, yeah, you know, so when lawyers do speak up about any infringement of, of rights, um, the consequences are often dire. And the more the country yeah. moves to a socialist um, way of thinking, the more dangerous it becomes. 
Yeah, they go after the intellectuals first, your lawyers, your your scholars, your um, anyone that will speak out against them. They they get the axe first. Uh, the media, um, all all of that gets suppressed. And then if you're if you're some other of these countries, China et al, you start censoring the very internet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you block. Uh, you, Although, you block doesn't that VPN happen in America now too? Yeah, the social media platforms, not the internet, but technically speaking, you're you're correct. Um, like Twitter, Twitter was was uh, banning and, and and shadow banning a lot of uh, people spreading the the Biden account, where his son is basically a crack addict, uh, with lots of and and he also made oil deals with I think it's Serbia or somewhere. Um, well, I think it was the so Ukraine or something, a, something, something. Yeah, Ukraine. Yeah. Yes, yes, one of those those fun places. So, so he was implicated in that, and he was a lot of uh, photos of him falling asleep with a crack pipe in his mouth. <laughs> you know, all those wholesome stuff you expect from a presidential candidate's son. Um, but there's also so, there's so, nothing yeah. like Photoshop and, either, hey? Yeah, yeah, but I think I I'm think being, um, I, I know, and so am I. But, but I think it actually came out. He gave his laptop in somewhere for repairs, and <laughs> he never like got you know. He, he took his flight out of out of county, and I think it was exposed there, which was quite hilarious. So, maybe, so Jillian, if if you have a laptop that you give in, uh, please don't ever you know leave your own nudes or any 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 porn or anything weird on it you know just take those things off before you hand it in i think that's a life lesson to all of us listen um, <laughs> all, all my computers got on are pictures of my little boy so i'll be very careful not to hand it in to anybody i know i know i was just being facetious as yeah. you are you know you both can play that game uh, no, i know how, to, I so, know how so, to delete the pornhub browsing history okay that's that's great, Julian. I'm, I'm I'm happy that you are with it. And, and it's it's funny because sometimes you say you're a bit technically challenged, but at least you are smart in the areas that count. And I'm proud of you for that. <laughs> oh, the funniest, funniest comments I saw in closing was um, uh, who was it that posted it? Was it you or or, or our friend Rayner? Um, when um, it was a picture of something painful we'd had to watch um, on the news. And they had the the Pornhub logo as Pain Hub. Um, that cracked me up. <laughs> there's been so much of of what we watch on on mainstream media has been Pain Hub for sure. Well, I'll I'll actually, you know, while while we're on the topic, I mean, um, I it's it's incredible. I've i you're right. I've I've read so many things in the mainstream media that's that's completely ludicrous. Um, and and I think I really want to have an episode, and I will have an episode about the state of our of our media because our mainstream media, everything that the state wants to do and accomplish, like they mouthpieces for it. They they say yes, yes. I mean, one of the most ridiculous ones for me personally was the one where they said, "Like, don't stress about expropriation without compensation. Our courts will protect us." And I'm like, "Well, tell that to David Dracase, which is an 80 year old farmer." Not that it should matter, but he's black. It does matter. And um, he speaks... Yeah, in this country it does, unfortunately. I, I'm for non-racialism. That's why I say it shouldn't matter. Fair enough. But let's, 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 let, let, let me play the devil's advocate then. So he's Sorry, a black I'm former. saying it matters been... because cases like his are swept under the carpet. And people forget that this is not just a race issue. This is a serious problem that we, we have in this country. 
and, it's, and, and even then, and I don't mean to detract from farm murders, which is a critical uh, a concern, but lives don't matter in this country irrespective of a race. We, we have such a high crime rate and a murder rate, and what's being done about it? Nothing. Yes, yes. So, so to add to that, the, the farm murders seem for, for the profession disproportionately high, but in general, you are correct. Like, lives don't matter in this country. People are murdered with impunity, and our persecution rate doesn't seem very high, and our p- police don't seem like they are too competent, or they have the resources. I mean, we, we, we bail out SA South African Airways and we take money from the police and from our education and from the justice, to fund And that. from the Department of Justice. That portfolio has also go. had money taken away when our criminal justice system is in dire need um, of funding so that we can improve, A, the police and the resources available. And, the uh, you know, we need um, crime scene investigators that are properly qualified um, we need evidence to be properly protected, not just grabbed off a judge's desk uh, or the bench in the middle of a courtroom. Um, we need our judges need better resources. They shouldn't be taking their own paper to court to print a judgment. Um, you know, people are, are trying to do their best, but the resources are too low. And, and now we want to bail out um, what is historically a complete disaster. Now, I'm not saying that a national carrier is a bad idea, and I pride myself on everything that is South African. Um, but right, right now it should be the least of our priorities. And to call us, um, what, what was it, uh, illiterate when it came to finance um, because we criticise that bailout is, for me, rather tragic and, and, and patronising of the citizens. No, it is. Um, for me, uh, there's nothing prideful of a carrier that has cost us billions of rands i think we should have canned it decades well a decade ago but here we are we we are throwing money at at an unsustainable business um in the midst of a pandemic and uh the outcome won't change uh we government doesn't need businesses in its portfolio let me be very clear about my stance government needs to fund it and then it steps away. It must give the funding to the institutions and the institutions should be managed um, accordingly. And as far as government, and I know the legal profession is a bit different, I'll give them that. But government should not be owning businesses like carriers and and and, and, and railway companies and, and Danels, which makes arms. They have no business to be in these industries. They need to be focusing on education. They need to be focusing, like you say, in our law systems. And, and, and that's where their focus should lie. And they should give the money and let these institutions do their thing. And they should not interfere. But it seems like it, every opportunity where they can, ha- can loot and get involved, they, they do. And, and that's the concern. We saw a ton of looting happening in the midst of the corona pandemic. Lots of tender scams, lots of oversight. And... It seems like officials will just get on with it as if nothing happened. I mean, the Zondo Commission, perfect example, case in point. The shit that's going on there is hilarious. I don't know what you and your colleagues think about the Zondo Commission and the revelations there. This week week has been entertaining, to say the least. Um, And, uh, you know, I can't comment on ongoing matters. um, And I, I haven't been that involved in following the, the proceedings, but this week was um, entertaining. And so I did 
tune in um, in between waiting to be allocated in my trial. But the problem with this country is our priorities. And it's all fair and well having all of these beautiful state-owned enterprises that we can be proud of. But right now, we've got children that are starving to death. Um, we've got pit toilets in 2020, for God's sake. Children drowning in their own excrements. And you're telling me that um, paying 10.5 uh, million um, for uh, an airline that has been a dismal failure, um, and you're hearing why, and you're wondering, is it really going to get any better? When you could be dealing with issues that are far more fundamental to our citizens at this pop at this point, um, I, you know, I just I find the lack of priorities uh, alarming, and it has been for a long time. Yeah, I, and I suppose that's why you know I, I move, um, despite the criticism that I am receiving about um, joining Herman's uh, forces, I think that he, like um, the references I was making earlier. He doesn't really have any financial benefits in, in standing for politics. He's already a, a, a self-made man. And that's the way we need to think. We need to govern this country like a business instead of like a free-for-all um, loot fund. No, for sure. Can you can we tell me a bit more about your role in Action SA and just a bit more about the party in general? Um, so Action SA has, mind. to me, the most comprehensive manifesto of where we should be going. Um, once and hopefully we overcome the appeal to the IEC on the refusal to register the party, um, which again, to my mind, was based on irrationality um, and perhaps incorrect tests. The, as an example, the party who objected to, to Herman registering um, doesn't even appear on ballot papers and hasn't stood or will not be standing for elections. They haven't paid their, their fees or what have you. Um, that's another argument for another day. Um, but Herman stands for uh, an all-inclusive, non-racial party. Um, the Senate, the interim Senate that currently stand, um, even though we're, we're fairly young compared to other politicians um, and political parties, um, I saw I was referred to as a tunny <laughs> uh, when I was appointed. <laughs> I was like, yeah, you go ma. But anyway, um, you know... <laughs> He's, he's got some great ideas and some of his focus, um, well, one of the most important focuses and why he, he invited me to join the interim Senate was to focus on our criminal justice system because without that, we're not going to get anywhere and we cannot continue to allow the citizens of this country to be abused. And he doesn't just care about just the Western Cape um, and he doesn't just care about this area, which makes him different to other parties. He wants the entire country to move forward together. Um, and I'm amazed at the amount of momentum that he's actually gaining and the traction. People are like desperate for a, for, for a savior um, who listens and he actually really does. And like I said, he's got no uh, political motive um, or financial gain um, to, to get out of it. So, yeah, I didn't think I'd ever become that interested in politics, but I really believe in what he has to say. You know, nobody's going to agree all of the time, um, but we we need to find some solution because none of the parties um, that we currently have are answering everybody's um, wishes. Um, the political parties as they currently stand are very divided and very divisive. So we need something where South Africans actually for once agree to stop arguing 
um, embrace uh, our differences and move forward to something positive to fix the country. That should be the policy. Yeah, for sure. and you know, being anti-ANC or anti-NCC, um, and just to, to, to point out that I, I was once an avid fan of the ANC, um, you know, just to say that your policy is I'm anti-ANC is not a policy. You've got to come up with a proactive plan, and I think Herman has a lot of those. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you in that we, we need, we need no, no one party can be a broad church. I think the DA did that for a while and they failed dismally. I think they've now kind of realigned a bit better and that's great. And, and I'm looking forward to see what, what um, Herman and, and, and Action SA is going to do in the future. So I'll be, I'll be looking out for you guys and seeing... Uh, what you guys are up to and I, I really saw not that I'm a fan of politics on campuses but I did see this week they are getting busy in some yeah, the SRC the SRC did really well um, um, and that was a you know I think there needs to be a huge focus our, our white and black and colored youth are very apathetic voters in fact they one of the biggest proportions of our citizens that don't vote um, so they're very vociferous about their political preferences but they actually don't go and cast a vote. So it's, it's also, it's critical that our youth actually start becoming involved, realizing that this is their future more than the rest of us. You know, this is, this is my, my eldest son left in February this year to go study in, in, in London because he couldn't get into universities here for the subjects he wanted to study. Um, and I don't want all three of my white sons to leave this country. I want them to make, to stay here, be skilled and make a difference. Unfortunately, we're having a major um, brain drain at the moment. Um, and I can tell you that that's not just white people. Uh, I have friends from every demographic that are between December and January this year leaving. People are fed up. So instead of just running away, um, we need to like kind of get together and stop arguing and bickering about whether it's a white candidate for the DA or a black candidate for the DA, who's got an education, who doesn't and shut the F up and actually just make a plan and work together and um, ask a government that doesn't care about us. I like, I, I, I'm laughing on the inside because you say, you're saying shut the F up and you forget that this is not Facebook. You can say it, Jillian. No, no, no. no. I, I promise my little boy I won't say the fuck word again. <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. There you go. Jillian, when, in winding down, I think we, 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 we're closing down in the next five minutes. Any any final thoughts? Where do we go from here? Anything exciting happening? Is is Judge Davis giving a ruling well, or well, anything like anytime so, but soon? Like every week, um, us, us lawyers in Joburg are always like on WhatsApp trying to find out who next week's urgent court judges are. And it's like the biggest kept secret till the time that it happens. And that appears to me to be the case with all of this litigation that, that started and hasn't been concluded. Um, in relation to the regulations. So as soon as I find find it, uh, you'll be the first uh, to know. I'm it, happy it just, to have it you just back seems to be like a, a big kept secret. Yeah, yeah, you give me a bit of a heads up and we'll we'll set it up. And and I think if if you want to talk about the initiative that you want to do maybe on a bi-weekly basis that, that you want to actually drive, um, you're welcome to yeah. do that if 
if you can now, I don't know if you want to discuss a bit more before you <laughs> let it out, but if you just want to explain the kind of high level no, I concept, think that it's it, still it, working. It'd be great for like, um, you know, myself and a colleague like Advocate Mark Oppenheimer and you to do like a weekly or bi-weekly um, commentary without dealing with the merits of the matters of just to update citizens on what's happening in litigation and what it means and what the implications are. Um, on that note, my invitation is also to MSM that retweet from the um, uh, armchairs, um, especially those that uh, consider themselves experts in the legal field. Why are they not researching um, the, the status of that um, litigation that was, was started and hasn't been finalized? Why aren't they going and speaking to the parties? What, where is the questioning to better? Why are you telling us about the number of reported deaths in COVID? Um, why aren't you telling us when those deaths occurred? You know, there's so much uh, material in this country for a proper investigative journalist, which we really need and which would really serve a great purpose to, to our citizens. Um, so here's my challenge to them to actually go and do something constructive. Okay, well... Mainstream media or any media at this stage or even alt media, if there's uh, some ballsy uh, journalist slash lawyer out there that can go out and get... I think Panda has done a proper no, job. They, they, have, which, they mean, have. But I'm talking about our, our main media houses that, for instance, tweet about oh. a single mom that said the F word on Facebook. Stop doing that and go find something really relevant to us that's going to move us forward. Yeah, it's a, yeah. Well, and, and I, it's a challenge. I, I almost want to say, and, it, and it's a challenge. It's a challenge in good spirits, not not in a, a, a malevolent fashion. Yeah, I I, I want to be uh, cautiously optimistic and say, um, you expect a lot from our mainstream media, <laughs> as we can, as we both have seen on Twitter. <laughs> they're not the advocates that usually goes against the state or big business or big labor as a matter of fact so yeah if someone will, uh, wants to do that that's great but i think it's people like you myself panda and, and others that will actually kind of lead hopefully affect public sentiment and mobilize people to actually do the work themselves because i think if absolutely we... and that's where people like brent lindicu from the good things guy we need more people like him um, they, they are, what does he do, Bill? Uh, can you give a bit more? Uh, so Brent Lindeke, um who is like my baby brother, um, he spends a lot of his, his, his childhood growing up in my, my household. Um, and Brent runs um, a platform called The Good Things Guy. He's very popular amongst our youth. Um, he was nominated by... Oh, I'm so bad with these things, but by GQ, I think magazine is one of the top hundred South Africans. Um, and every day he publishes good news and he gives us the real figures of the active cases and what have you. And he always publishes good stories and the positive side of South Africa. And we need more people like that, quite frankly. Yeah, because for every negative story stick, well, positive ones kind of get uh, brushed aside. Like, oh, yeah, yeah, I can't deal with all this good news right no, now. No, he's not. Because things he's, are He's not ram it down your throat, good news. He still does his foot sack, hashtag foot sack ANC. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, no, 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 he's, he's, he's very vocal about his points. Um, and um, he's the kind of guy you'd love. So you should have a look. Oh, yeah, for sure. I'll go check him out, uh, Julian. Okay. 
that's that's all the time we have left. Any any final thoughts? We closing it down here. Yeah, I think there's a lot to think about, and um, uh, we'll follow up on another conversation about things that emanate from this conversation. But thank you very much for having me. It was an absolute uh, pleasure, Jill, and I know where to find you. Jill will be in the Twitterverse, everybody. Um, and with her permission, maybe after the show, I'll, I'll, I'll add her handle to the show. So follow her for, for, for fun, interesting, and insightful comments. But if you work, um, all in if one. you work, Rod, stay quiet. Don't <laughs> follow me. And, and I'm not sending you pictures of what I look like. You've got my profile on Twitter, and you'd not. That's that's it. It's not. It's not Tinder for Twitter. <laughs> Do you have a lot of work people oh, hit on you? On work. There's all kinds of there's oh, all wow. kinds of people that send you DMs, despite the fact that your handle says, uh, your profile says, "Do not DM me." Like dudes, if you want to like get pics, go to Tinder. I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> I suppose the problem is, is there they have to pay a subscription. I think that's the difference. Listen, Tinder is free on the grassroots, but yeah, for the more advanced features, you do pay. No, no, I think it's all the cheapskates that that DM old tunnies like me on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) At least I I came to your defense the one time and I said, yes, a lacquer old tunny. Thanks, man. At least I did did my country a service. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thanks for a great laugh. Oh man, always, and, and, and I'll definitely have you back on, and I'll, I'm happy to host you guys, you know, a bunch of lawyers and advocates, uh, I think that can be interesting, and you guys can uh, mansplain law and, and everything. Yeah, we, we love to do that. I know, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't, I can't wait to be mansplained by, by you guys, and uh, other than that, Joel, stay on the line, and everyone else, have a nice evening and a nice week. Cheers, guys.